when you were in a, a world where the the lies have become normality and misinformation is a label given to the truth or alternative opinion then if the system globally wants to ban you then you must be saying something right uh yes ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of facts versus rhetoric this is part seven of our special Connecting the Dots series. That was David Icke, one of the most censored men on the planet, the most banned man on the planet, dropping some serious truth on why people are censored. His contention is you must be saying something right if the ones who have the power are worried about you. We ended the last episode with homework. We asked you to think about who you want deciding what we can say. Now, people in group one, those people that blindly follow what authority tells them without question, will probably have a person in authority that they trust enough to be the gatekeeper of information. And the people in group two, who think censorship is bullshit, but will only admit it out loud if the person they're talking to is in group theory, will probably answer, I don't know. And people in group three, without hesitation, will answer nobody. Nobody should decide what we can say, what we can hear. And this is one of those issues that I cannot believe there is any debate about. I cannot wrap my head around why anyone would advocate for or accept someone, something standing between them and all of the information they would need to make up their own mind. Group one, like I get their beliefs and subsequent action steps are given to them by authority. They need that warm censorship blanket to keep them warm and comfy. They have already given up control and gave their power to those they perceive to be in charge, those in power, those with authority. But everyone else should be outraged. This is a bad idea based on a falsehood, and the only thing that can result is human suffering. Bad idea. Only government-approved messages are allowed when in history have we seen this? It certainly wasn't during times of peace, prosperity, and human flourishment. This bad idea was reserved for the evilest and darkest periods in human history. The fact that this is not glaringly obvious to everyone in group two and three, and the fact that we have to put up with this, will go down as one of the biggest, what were you thinking, moments in history. And today, I wanted to take a few minutes to connect the dots on censorship and how and why it is used by the few in power to increase their control on the many. Here are some questions we should be asking. Why are we seeing widespread overt censorship? What is the goal of censorship? Why are we hearing about mis, dis, and malinformation? Why did the Department of Homeland Security identify mis, dis, and malinformation as a threat to our national security? Why did the government collude with big tech and Silicon Valley to censor anything that went against any one of their narratives? Why is the government going after doctors' medical licenses who happen to have a different treatment idea than the government-approved ones? Why are you not seeing both sides of the story on the mainstream media and any big tech platforms? The point that's worth emphasizing why are they frightened of me? 
Why are they so terrified of me that they go to these ludicrous, childlike extremes to try to stop people hearing what I'm saying? And what that shows you, and I have been emphasizing this over the years, is where the real power is. And it's not with these people that appear to have the power. If it was, they wouldn't care less about one bloke on the Isle of Wight putting this information out. They'd just laugh. Does it matter, mate? We're the power. But it matters to them to the point where they ban me from much of the world. Why? Because they know their narrative is child's play to take apart. And therefore, the only way they are going to defend their nonsensical narrative is by silencing anyone exposing and dismantling the narrative. And therefore, you have the explanation for why the scale of censorship worldwide, mainstream media, Silicon Valley, all of it, has become so hysterical. That was another clip of David Icke from his interview with Brian Rose from London Real talking about why those in power need to censor anyone who speaks out against the narrative. And he makes a good point, right? If the few in power, in air quotes, really had the power, then why would they care what one guy was saying? They care because they don't have the real power. And I think that's a great illustration of what we've been talking about in regards to the few only having the power we give them. Secondly, the few in power need this global coordinated censorship effort because their narratives are fragile. They are fragile. They cannot stand up to any amount of scrutiny. This virus came from a wet market in Wuhan. So someone bought some Wagyu bat and the virus infected that customer. Then in an evolutionary miracle, that virus that originated in a bat infected a human, and then instantaneously mutated into a highly transmissible virus spread from human to human? Like, that's not how virology works. Well, there's a lab in Wuhan that's doing gain-of-function research with novel coronaviruses, you know, trying to make them more transmissible and more resistant to immune systems. Censored. That's censored. That's... We're not allowed to discuss that. It came from nature. Hey, get the COVID vaccine. You protect somebody else. Hey, but it doesn't stop infection or transmission. That doesn't make any sense. Censored. The COVID vaccine is safe and effective. What about the staggering amount of adverse events and deaths resulting from your experimental vaccine? Censored. The narrative they manufacture to protect all these lies. It, it's so weak. It's so lame. They need censorship or a lot of people in group two would be exposed to enough skepticism that it would move too many of them into group three for their liking. Another quick example, the number one show on Netflix is Graham Hancock's Ancient Apocalypse. So journalist Graham Hancock, he's traveling the globe, it's like six or seven episodes, travels the globe hunting for evidence of mysterious lost civilizations dating back to the last ice age. This is a fun show, I've seen a few episodes, where Graham travels around, he's looking at ancient ruins, he's asking questions. Like, hey, how can different civilizations in different parts of the world with no contact with one another have so many similarities? Yeah, they all build pyramids. They all honor the same gods. They seem to have the same stories about some big, great flood. That kind of stuff. It's fascinating. So why would The Guardian put out an article titled, quote, 
Ancient Apocalypse is the most dangerous show on Netflix. And the sub-headline is a show with a truly preposterous theory is one of the streaming giant's biggest hits, and it seems to exist solely for conspiracy theorists. Why has this been allowed? That was the, that's the headline for the story in The Guardian about this show. So a show that asks questions, that challenge some parts of academia, is the most dangerous show on Netflix. If the show has a, quote, truly preposterous theory, end quote, then how can it be dangerous, right? Surely The Guardian could have written an article easily disproving his hypothesis, right, with scientific facts or whatever, whatever you use to disprove shit, like evidence, facts, reason, that stuff. The show, quote, seems to exist solely for conspiracy theorists, end quote. In science, unlike propaganda, Everything is on the table until it can be disproven. I mean, Jesus H. His little science 101, scientific method. First, you define a question to investigate. So Graham Hancock's like, I don't know, were there any civilizations around before the Ice Age? And as scientists or anyone, because anyone can be a scientist, you don't need a special lab code, you don't need a special degree, diploma. You need to follow the scientific method. That's what makes you a scientist. As scientists conduct their research, they make observations and they collect data. So he does his research. He makes some observations. Huh. Civilizations on different continents with no way to communicate have similarities that cannot be explained. Similar construction, not only the pyramid shapes, but the way they were built on top of each other. Some of them are like four levels deep. Also, there are these hieroglyphics portraying similar events and paying homage to a similar god because of a global event that there were not supposed to be any survivors from, the Ice Age, right? And then you make predictions, right? Based on the research and observation, Hancock's hypothesis is, hey, maybe there was an ancient world that existed before the Ice Age, and maybe some survived and traveled the continents bringing knowledge on construction, agriculture, and helped rebuild civilizations after the Ice Age. Another thing that's important to understand is what words mean. A hypothesis is a proposed explanation made on the basis of limited evidence at the starting point for further investigation. A theory is a carefully thought out explanation for observations of the natural world that have been constructed using the scientific method which brings together many facts and hypotheses. So continuing on, we need to gather data. Graham Hancock is traveling the globe, gathering data, scanning the topography of these places with today's technology, carbon dating rocks used in construction. He's gathering data. And then you analyze the data. The construction is older than we originally thought. When you analyze it, and this shit that's buried deep below that, that's even older than that. So then you draw conclusions. Well, there must have been an ancient civilization that was around earlier than we had originally thought. So as far as science is concerned, Graham Hancock did his job. Now it's time for the other archaeologists, historians, or anyone else to have a go at disproving his work. That's science. Preposterous theories should be easily disproven. And also, what's up with the judgment? right? Why aren't we being inclusive of uh, Graham's theories? Well, where's the tolerance? We're okay with teachers passing around butt plugs to kids in school, but these theories on ancient civilizations way too dangerous, especially for the kids. I mean, do you want your kids experimenting with sex toys or learning about ancient civilizations? 
And if you have no idea what I'm talking about and think that just came out of left field, please watch the video in the description about schools passing around sex toys to kids in school. Anyway, why is this documentary dangerous? Right, Nick? Connect the dots here. We're talking about fucking censorship. Why are we talking about this? And why this documentary is dangerous is because it gets people thinking, right? Jesus, what if academia is wrong? And if they're wrong about this, what, what the hell else were they wrong about? Okay, see, it starts people on a skeptical journey, and then all of the bullshit narratives cannot stand up to the most basic questions, so they need to defend against that. They need to squash that skepticism, because once you ask that first follow-up question, the hypocrisies and the lies are just quickly exposed. And that's why The Guardian put out this smear job fraught with projection. Quote, Ancient Apocalypse must be a TV program made exclusively for people who like to shout at you on Twitter. Of course it is. These people are Hancock's bread and butter. The, quote, free thinkers who, through some bizarre quirk of nature, are often more perennially outraged than anyone on Earth, end quote. Well, Guardian, the free thinkers are outraged. We're outraged at the lengths you and your crony media peers go through to run interference for those in power instead of, I don't know, holding them accountable. And on behalf of the outraged free thinkers, let me remind all of you in the media that participate in this type of disingenuous propaganda, your kids will have to live in the world you help create. So what do we know? We know the ones in power have a narrative to scare the many into compliance. We know they have to censor any debate on any of the narrative subjects and squash any skepticism before people start thinking for themselves. We know they have to demonize people who question any narrative because the narrative can be easily ripped apart by anyone who is thinking critically or being skeptical. Any dissension needs to be silenced, smeared, and dismissed as conspiracy theory. We know people who question authority are demonized, demonetized, suspended, and then permanently banned from the public square because they violated Vegas fuck community guidelines. And let's listen to another very banned and censored man, Andrew Tate, explain how this coordinated censorship machine works when they target you and they want to remove your right to participate in public discourse online. Who was the first one to take you off? Meta. Yeah, so Meta took me down. So it's it quite interesting, actually. I had a YouTube channel for a while. It was never so large. I had 738,000 subscribers. It took me a long time to build it up. I got a strike on YouTube, which prevented me from posting. It's got a strike. No big deal. The next day, Meta took me down, deleted my Facebook and my Instagram. The press came out at exactly the same time in sync, saying that I'm a misogynistic, dangerous person, that I'm harmful, that I am the reason that the world is not a perfect place, world hunger, you name it, all my fault, attacked me across all of this. And I thought, okay, let me film a message that I can get out on my YouTube, my final message, which I don't know if you guys have seen. I ended up putting on freetopg.com. Let me film my final message explaining how this is unfair and unjust. We filmed it. We produced it. We got it all edited within 12 hours, had to tell ready to go, but we couldn't post it because of the YouTube strike. So we're waiting for the YouTube strike to expire. A few hours before the YouTube strike expires, guess what happened? They banned me. Then they banned me from Discord. Then they banned me from Airbnb. They banned me from Stripe. 
They banned. I can't even remember. It was, just, it was just emails coming in faster than you could believe. Ban, 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 ban. So the it was the social. Oh, no, no. The Matrix presses a button, my friend. Yeah. And every app on your phone stops working. Uber. You Uber. name it. Uber. Stop. You name it. Wait, you can't use Uber? Well, I can use Uber. You just start a new account, right? But, yeah. but yeah. your main account on Uber was taken. They take everything from Everything. Coordinated effort all at once. Coordinated effort all at once. Every single one of them just goes, no. Delete, 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 delete. And they come at you and they come at you with everything. Banking, banks. Payment processing. And banks. UK-based banks as well. High Street, banks. I can name. Santander, HSBC, Barclays, etc. All at the same time. Oh, no, sorry. To change, we've decided because blah, blah, some bullshit, some letter, close your accounts. So they take all your banking. They take your payment processing. They take all your social media presence. They take your Discord, they take your Skype, they take all your accounts, your ability to communicate with people, and then they lie about you in the press. So that was Andrew Tate, and I put that uh, interview in the link. But this is happening to people who are speaking out against the narrative or advocating for people to take better care of themselves by being self-sufficient and uh, against people who are, I don't know, promoting skepticism. If you have a big enough audience, that is what will happen to you. The truth doesn't mind being questioned. A lie does. So the dots you need to connect are the ones that connect the narratives and the lengths those in power will go to from censoring and squashing debate. I could talk about this shit for hours because there is plenty of examples, recent examples, and I will include as many as I can in the description, but I am limited to how much text I can actually fit in there. Any censorship has to be viewed as a bad idea that will lead to human suffering. We need freedom of speech. And if social media companies get out of regulation because they're the town square of discourse, then no one should be banned from having their voice heard unless you break a law or incite violence or you dock somebody. I asked you at the start of this episode, who do you want deciding what you can say, what you can see, what you can read, what you can hear? Well, right now, your government is working with, colluding with, or straight up telling Silicon Valley what is okay to say, and what is not okay to say. Fact, not an opinion. Government is working with private business to squash dissent against the government. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the definition of fascism. All doctors do agree that the COVID vaccine is safe and effective if the ones that don't are censored, deplatformed, and stripped of their medical licenses. In order for you to make informed decisions, you need all of the information. In order for you to conduct a true cost-benefit analysis, you need all the information. And if this is news to you that this is happening, thank you very much for listening. And maybe start listening to the people they tell you not to listen to for your own protection. Listen to what they have to say. Think for yourself. Think critically. Be skeptical. Is what they're saying lining up with, I don't know, object reality? Because if so, that's how you know it's true. Following the herd does not require courage or ethics or morals or strongly held beliefs. So if someone is speaking out against the consensus with nothing to gain and everything to lose, I would recommend you take what they say seriously. And that doesn't mean you should just believe them. It means there's a good chance this person believes strongly in what they're saying versus someone just being paid to say whatever they're saying. And also, I do not want to live in a country where someone other than myself gets to decide what I can say, read, or think. The more dangerous 
they make speech, when they associate speech with danger and with violence, when they can just co-op these fucking definitions, when speech becomes dangerous and aggressive and threatening because it's a disagreement, the more dangerous it becomes, the more people in group one will call for censorship, will demand censorship. And when there's enough people in group one yelling loud enough and demanding something to be done about this goddamn dangerous speech, that will give the government the green light to impose China-like censorship on the many. That, that'll be the action. The problem, all oh, speech is so dangerous. The solution, we need to censor, censor, censor. And then the action is the governments come in and turn this country into China, where everything that people can do, hear, and say is controlled. And like we talked about yesterday, if you think fighting this is hard now, Imagine how much harder it will be to convince people in group two that, hey, this is a big problem if we can't even access any of the dissenting censored information to show them to help change their mind. Throughout history, censorship is ultimately leveled on all of those who advocated for it in the first place. They start with the fringes, the Alex Jones of the world, the crazies that everyone's like, yeah, that guy's fucking nuts. We're, we're better off without him. I don't care if some of the shit he said was true. He said some hurtful things, dangerous things. Those words were violence against my ears. They always start with the fringes and they just keep going until there's no opposition. And by the time you realize it, it's too fucking late. That's why we're talking about it. That's why we're connecting the dots. And that's why we need to protect against censorship. It is overt. They're not even fucking pretending. They're telling you they're doing it. And they're only telling you they're doing it because there's enough people thinking it's a good idea. So you need to get out there and say no to censorship in any form because it's the only thing standing between you and freedom. Zigga!